Jack Graham has 88 minutes to solve a crime. The sexual assault he commits. This is 88 Minutes on Stinger Madness. I'm going to talk like this the whole podcast. Probably not. Because it hurts my throat. <laughs> Very bad. Very bad. Very bad. Very bad. If you don't know, that was my best. <laughs> that was Al Pacino? Yes. I just stopped because I just realized, like, wow, don't, e- don't even try to finish that one. That just sounds like total shit on a stick. I got to admit, that's one of the worst Al Pacinos I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm just not very good at impressions. It's Rob Lowe's Eric Roberts. Yeah. My sister Julia. This is Stinker Madness. This is a podcast about bad movies by bad movie lovers for bad movie lovers. I'm your host, Justin. In studio are Sam and Jackie, as always. Yep. Greetings to the internet. And my phone is talking, so I need to uh, turn that off. Yes, I'm the asshole that has a loud phone in the recording studio. It's classic faux pas podcasting Some, right there. Somebody has to do it. What am I supposed to do? Have a conversation with this person? Oh, no, no. I'm doing a podcast right now. Yeah. Can't talk right now. No, no. No, I can't no we, just started. We, <laughs> just we just started. We just started. <laughs> 88 minutes starring Al Pacino, Neil McDonough, Alicia Witt. Lily uh, Sobieski. Lily Sobieski. The guy from Gotham, Ben something or other. Okay. Uh, wasn't somebody else in it? Somebody shitty. Whoever plays the Dean was drunk. Yes. She, I didn't do a good job with that. Oh yeah, um, uh, Amy Brenneman. Amy Brenneman, yes. From Heat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a very dumb, poorly thought out, actually maybe overly thought out, because there's not very much story here, and it's surrounded by so much stupid things questionable like why the fuck would you even do that when making a film it's 88 minutes of just bonkers filmmaking that's like what the fuck maybe they got it into a test audience and it sucked Mm -hmm. or the one producer's like this is not exciting okay so they went in and added or that's what happened the one producer says this is not exciting so when they're doing their they're supposed to be doing pickups now they're reshooting scenes to add excitement they're adding excitement on the fly rewriting things the day that they're shooting it. Then they do another rough cut, give it to a test audience, still not exciting enough. Third wave of, we need to patch some excitement, infuse some more excitement into this film, and that's where you get less things that would make sense because you're now at level two of added excitement. Uh, It would also explain why the treatment of Pacino's hair was so poor. His hair is out of control. And his skin, because he is different shades of orange. Mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And sometimes he's just normal Pacino, but there's about five shots where he has a normal haircut and looks like a human. <laughs> Other shots, it looks like a grenade exploded on the top of his head <laughs> and it didn't have explosives in it. It just had orange paint and that orange paint made it onto his face. He looks awful. Awful. Well, I like how he has jet black hair in some shots and then he's salt and pepper in others. Yes. And I noticed that when he's more salt and pepper, the bigger his hair gets. Yes. It's it rivals anything that Nick Cage has ever done as far as hair. Like, how's the hair in this one? Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh good. Then I'm in. But because of its changing lengths and appearance, it's almost like the hair is its own character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Three quarters of the way through through the movie, I thought the hair was trying to kill him. <laughs> 
I was like, the phone calls are coming from the top of your own head. Yeah, it's bananas. Uh, he's bananas. It's a cavalcade of terrible acting uh, and terrible dialogue and terrible writing and terrible action sequences. But let's get to the main thing. This is the most rapey movie I've ever seen. <laughs> or just like... By a major Hollywood star. We It's a running joke as you turn the camera on, the sexual harassment's apparently off. There's a line that separates sexual harassment and sexual assault, and Al Pacino is standing on the finish line of sexual assault. Like, he's on the fine line now where it becomes rape from sexual assault. He goes out of his way. Usually, like, you can justify if you're a pervert on set, like, oops, sorry, I didn't mean to touch your boob because I tackled you. They're unavoidable because, you know, you, you're so busty. Yeah. And then you just, the lady goes, I never want to work with that guy again. He's a creep show. He, she's not a busty woman. No. And he moves his hands out of where he's grabbed her up to her chest two or three times. There is one particular sequence where he rests his hand on a bosom for an uncomfortable amount of time in the shot and then gets off the ground and goes to help her up by grabbing her boob. Yes. He pulls her up by the nipples. <sighs> and... I had mentioned before that, you know, that Alicia Witt was, say, the object of my desire. And to mm -hmm. this point, Mr. Pacino, I say this. Hey, you, <laughs> get your damn hands off her. Uh, yeah. Uh, I also got to mention uh, Bill Forsyth in this. Oh, yeah, Billy. Yeah. Uh, painted silver and put a twist on the end of it. You got a bicycle stand, penis. <laughs> Uh, one last thing I want to really mention about this movie before we dive into it. It's a gimmick movie of real time. This is in real time, so therefore it's very exciting. There are so many forward cuts when it's real time. Yeah. Uh, he has 88 minutes to live. He ends up living until the re resolution of the film. It's like three and a half hours. Eat my ass 88 minutes. No, it doesn't work. In the, even though it only has a real-time sequence, which is the majority of the film, right. it still doesn't play by those rules None. well enough. At all. No, I agree. So I, I think that because of the fact that it doesn't adhere to the rules of real-time mm -hmm. well enough, mm -hmm. and that there's still a good 45 minutes of movie that are completely not in real-time, that are just normal narrative storytelling, mm -hmm. forward-cutting, and all of it, that you can't really classify this as a real-time movie. No, I don't think you can. And I think that... This seems like this real-time movie premise is a studio exec's idea. Like, oh, it, no, this is a real-time movie. Let's mark it as a real-time movie. People think it's cool. Yeah. And that means it's exciting. Well, it's not. It's close enough. People are stupid. They're, they're not going to know. They're going to be like, whoa, holy crap, this is like 24 on fucking big screen without Pacino. They're going to eat it up. Yeah. Nobody ate it up. Now it's got the excitement that I wanted. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but now it doesn't make any fucking sense. Send it to the test audience. You know what? Let's not. Yeah. Let's just skip that part this we, time. We already did it. They didn't think it was exciting enough. I think this is exciting enough. Good enough. Theaters, let's go. <laughs> and that's, ironically, how long it was in the theater for. It was 88 minutes. 88 minutes. <laughs> before they're like, well, nope. <laughs> Actually, before it even, it was actually in the theater itself, not on the screen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just in the closet for 88 minutes, and then they had to make room for more Cheetos. Somebody get the uh, reel for 88 minutes. Oh, we're going to show that? No, it's no. going in the dumpster. No, no. We need we need to put Cheetos in that same spot. <laughs> extra, extra syrup for the soda machines. 
What do they really do with those movies once they... The reels? Yeah. I don't know what they used to do. Now you just put hit delete. Yeah, now it's all... There's still reels in some of them. Yeah. But uh, like they go to the dollars. That's why the dollar theater gets them next, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why they're so beat up when they get to the dollar theater, too. Yeah. Then I don't really know what happens. Sometimes they end up back at vaults. Sometimes they get small tours. Sometimes you can buy them. Yeah. And uh, like certain theaters will sometimes reserve the right to buy them. And like that one that you didn't the uh, Fairview Drive In used to show old movies that like they had a kind of a odd collection of reels. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That was a long time ago. But yes. And completely irrelevant to yes. 99.9% of our listeners. And the, the fact that they don't on, they're not on film anymore. It's just a damn stream. Yeah. I have, I have no idea, but. Anyways, are we good? We want to move into this thing? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Starts out with a couple of sisters that... uh, Quote, unquote, twins. Quote, unquote, twins. (coughs) Oh, my God. No, they weren't. Well, uh, they were both Asian. So I guess that they they look alike. (laughs) Yeah, whoever the exec on this thing is like, oh... Perfect. They're twins. Yep. <laughs> no. No, they're not. <laughs> they're just both Asian. That doesn't count. They look the same. They got to be twins. They all look the same. Everybody in Asia is twin. What an asshole. <laughs> and I also question the decision to have the one that gets killed get killed and the other one survive because the one that survives has more lines. And you could tell that she was overdubbed with somebody else's voice because she screwed up all of her lines. Absolutely. So why not just switch them? I don't know. (laughs) It makes no sense. Because they'd already shot them and, you know, getting them up in that rigging was hard enough. So fuck it. They're playing. This is a 2007 movie. These girls live in an apartment by themselves. They've got a kitty cat. Yes. And they're obviously besties. And everything's going great with them. They're listening in the background to the Backstreet Boys. Is that who that was? Quit playing games with my heart. Ooh. Uh, that was a song that was released in the year 2000. Well, still a good song, damn it. Seven years later, and you're like, you know what? These girls are Backstreet Boys girls. That's going to get the you know the audience into knowing how fresh and dope this movie is. It's Al Pacino's favorite band. Let's get, let's, let's buy the Backstreet Boys. Nobody cares about fucking Backstreet Boys in 2007. No. Are you kidding me? Backstreet Boys? <laughs> yeah. Probably the same studio that produced that record. That's like saying that a movie from 1991 would start out with fucking O-E-O-E-O. So. Hanging tough. The time frame then, when they say seven years later. Oh, shit. I'm an idiot. Would make it 2014. This so takes place. Yeah. Oh. Seven this, years beforehand. So yeah, this are, takes place in like 2000. Yeah, but I will then get back on it because adults didn't like Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Only teenagers did. And these are adult women. How do you know? They're, they're probably like 20. Uh, 20 is pushing it for the Backstreet Boys. So let's, I'm really glad that you brought that up, Jackie, because it's so easy to forget that this whole sequence takes place in the past because it's seven years. A significant amount of time has passed. But let's finish up with these girls. They uh, One gets nabbed, strung up by her ankle, I guess. Yeah, he's hooked her. He's using climbing gear. What's the other one doing? Taking a shit or? She's sleeping. sleeping. She's just sleeping. Okay. So one, she's a heavy sleeper. Uh-huh. Two, this serial killer has done a shit job casing the place. And isn't he like, aren't they up like high? Like on a like a high rise apartment building? They're a few stories up. How the fuck did he get up there? He just uses the fire escape. Fire escape. 
That's very common. To to when you're a murderer, to use the fire escape, very common. It's like that in all the movies. I have, That's how they get in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. An old window, and they crowbar it open, and they just let themselves in. You know, I usually just go through the front door. I, I mean, I don't do that at all when I murder people. I mean, I don't murder people. It's easier if you just make friends with them. Right. Yeah. Then you bury them in the backyard. Start a podcast with them. Oh. Yeah, what a long con that would be. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days I'll earn their trust. <laughs> My terrible taste in film. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you've got a lady who, and she's supposed to feed the cat. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, feed the cat. Uh, if you've ever owned a cat, you just put the food out there and they eat it whenever they want their fucking cat. They're not going to listen to you. She wants you to force feed this cat. So she's like, why isn't the kitty eating wandering around in her underwear? Here, kitty, kitty, it's din-din time. Here, eat out of my paw. Well, meanwhile, the reason your cat's not eating is because you're as stupid <laughs> and your cat's outside. <laughs> but uh, then idiot two, the serial killer, enters to chain her up and cut her up, I guess. It seems to me like he kills her with one of those knitting tools. Yeah. It's like a pinwheel. It's a pinwheel. That's what it is. She's murdered by a pinwheel. Well, he gets a scalpel Scalpel out as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I couldn't tell that. This movie is shot so poorly, and it's like the same bad shooting as Blood Freak. It's all too fucking dark. I can't tell what's going on. He's rubbing a pinwheel over her leg, and then all of a sudden she's bleeding to death and going, Ooh, I like it. She, her death is an orgasm. It doesn't make sense. She makes the same sounds as I do. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need my blanket. Yeah. I feel terrible. Real. Go away. <laughs> this go. just got real weird. <laughs> Don't look at me. Call a young priest and an old priest. <laughs> Every time. Uh, yeah. So she's dead. The other one, I guess, is not. She gets nabbed, but she doesn't get killed. She, yeah. And this is where I realize that the serial killer can't be a serial killer because he's an idiot. He's a total idiot. Because he's surprised when he sees her. Like, so you just are guessing when you go into these places uh-huh. that there's nobody else in there? Yeah. Fine. What a dick. He's been stalking this girl for months. Yeah, but you know, it's <laughs> he's going back and forth stalking two of them, thinking that they're the same woman. Yeah. Because he's a moron. <laughs> he's well, the he producer did. of this film and he thinks that all Asians look the same. <laughs> but you know, he did have two two sets of ropes. Mm-hmm. So maybe he did know the other one was in there. Yeah, he brought the the equipment. Maybe he's just prepared. He just brings a lot of extra stuff. I just am questioning. Why does he kill this girl? For he's he's obviously a serial killer. Then if he's a serial killer, why doesn't he kill both of the girls? Well, he tries, but she wakes up and starts screaming. That, so? You know why? Because he took time to feed the fucking cat. Yeah, right. Yeah, he opened the window to feed the cat to shut it up so he could enjoy slicing up the sister. And then when he did that, as soon as he opened up the window, she started screaming. Why doesn't he kill the cat? He likes cats. Well, you know what? There's a sidetrack that you can get onto for a long way. The cat goes between the fridge and the wall, and you're banging at it with the broom. <laughs> and, I mean, really getting a hold of a cat, pretty tough stuff. Yeah, all right, fine. I don't know. I question why he doesn't kill the other one. You just cut her throat well, this while is... she's screaming. She's already screamed. You're in and out of there. It's not going to take any time. You're a serial killer. You're kind of a moron. No, he should have killed both of them. Yeah, but either way... He is then captured. Mm-hmm. This is important because of her scream and her being there and seeing him. Correct. 
He goes to trial. Yes. Where Al Pacino, a criminal psychologist, has been called in, and they say... He's not a criminal psychologist. He's a forensics. Psychiatrist for the FBI. He's a schmo that has no business being involved in anything, but they call him in to get his... He's an expert witness. Yes. Uh, is this guy the guy? Yes, he's the guy. Uh, I think this is actually another point that needs to be uh, examined heavily because they don't use him to identify the killer. They say, will he do it again in your opinion? Very much, very yes, much. Yes, he will do it again. Absolutely. So at this point now, Neil McDonough, the nameless... Ser- actually, he has a name. Isn't Who it? gives a shit? Whatever his name is. He then is like, you did this to me. Uh, no... Sir, you did this to yourself. Uh, you got caught. Did you Did you even bother with the defense attorney? Well, I'm sorry. I, I could have had a defense attorney. Uh, can we start over? Nope, you're going to prison forever. Yeah. Seriously, this guy goes to jail based purely off Al Pacino saying, Not yes. in the movie. In the movie, it's an eyewitness. He's captured by the police. They never bring her out. They never ask her any questions. Yes, but... Nothing happens with her. And this is not for conviction, but in terms of sentencing. Mm-hmm. This is for the sentencing that they ask him, in Al Pacino's opinion, will he do it again? And he says yes. Not, did he do it? I thought that this was during his trial. No. This, oh, this is just sentencing. Yes. That makes it even fucking stupider. Yes, because at no point does Neil McDonough have any bad feelings about the person who actually convicted him, the eyewitness. And I like... um. The bad guy. Neil McDonough. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. Not Norm McDonald. Yeah, different guy. No, I love Neil McDonough. Yeah, he's... He's, uh, Every time I see him in a movie, I'm always impressed with him, no matter what character he's playing. Fine character actor. Uh, We can never have enough Neil McDonough. I've got a note here. Sure. It says nine years later. Whether that is accurate or not, that is the note that I have written down. I I think you might be right. Okay. Okay, wait then. Mm -hmm. Because if it's nine years later... This is 2007. That would mean that it was 1998. And quit playing games with my heart. Didn't come out until 2000. See, I thought it was seven years later. I got nine. I don't know. Either way, it's been a long time. And uh, nothing really has changed in this universe. Al Pacino is still doing this job that he is doing. He's a professor at uh, some school. I don't know. Uh, Still very involved with the police. And uh, he's got this, this lady in his apartment who he's freshly banged. And it's not his apartment. Her apartment. I think it's his apartment. No, I, it's not. That's how he knows yeah, we, where it is. Could, the... No, he doesn't because he asks his secretary where it is. No, he says, he does. I, I just need the phone number. I already know the address. Huh. Either way, he's at this place with what we later find out to be a hooker, uh, an escort, and she is doing yoga toothbrushing. Naked. Buck naked. Yeah. So it's her place because she's fucking brushing her teeth. And checking her vag in the mirror. Who goes to a hooker's apartment to bang her? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. You know what? I don't know anything about hookers, so fine. Fine, well, but it seems like it wouldn't go this way. I, I, and then she makes him breakfast, too. Hooker, it's very nice. If I was a hooker, just by being smart, like, I am never taking a John to my apartment. Are you kidding me? They're going to come there all the time. Oh, they're going to come there all the time. <laughs> Um, they're going to show up randomly and be like, hey, I need to bang. Your pimp's not around. What if What if they fucking beat you up or something? No, don't take them back to your place. Especially this Al Pacino guy. <laughs> Get a hotel room where your pimp's nearby. So if he needs to crash, well, I don't think if you're an escort, you have a pimp. Why not? What if you get beat up? 
you have to take a little bit of time off of work. Man, it's a dangerous job. You gotta come prepared. You hire end clientele with the escorts. It's Al Pacino. He's fucking crazy. Yeah, Sam. but somebody paid him, paid for it a lot. She probably saw him when she was like double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a little extra for managing that hair explosion that he's got <laughs> going on there. His alarm clock goes off. Her alarm clock. It's his cell phone. It's not a cell phone. It's a radio right next to the bed. And it's playing gangster rap. It is booty, 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 booty everywhere. Oh, is it? Is the song. Uh, What? <laughs> well, she likes it. Okay. All right. Fine. There's been a new murder. We need you, Al Pacino. Uh, can you uh, Can you come meet some guys and they want to pick your brain because uh, apparently this thing is very similar to the Nia McDonough murders of uh, 1998 slash 2000. Sure. I can be right down. So he comes down there to cop shop area, meets up with uh, Bill Forsyth, who's a cap, one tough cap. And he has a lot of gel in his hair. So before my notes are so fucking confusing. <laughs> well, it's not really what had happened is the lady shows up. He's going to get executed that day. And she the victim, the lady, the escape victim lady gives him cookies. Oh, right, 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 right. They go in there to meet with this. uh, What is she doing there? Giving him cookies. That's it? Yeah, in celebration of death. It's death day. Let's get cookies. Here's some cookies. So they, he takes the cookies, he goes in, he's got this new guy who's higher up the chain uh, for the FBI, and they're like, we got to make sure everything's okay. He's asking for a stay of execution mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of this new murder that's you know, seven or nine years later. Obviously, he didn't do it now. Right. So maybe you should say something, Al Pacino. And then the scene very quickly turns to you are the one who falsely convicted this man. You are the sole. The only person. You're Judge Dredd of this universe. Yes. Although all you were legally brought in for is a forensic psychiatrist is to give your opinion on whether he is reformable, not whether he did it. Correct. Uh, Now it is all your fault and we might have to arrest you and shoot you into space. Yep. Just like the Hulk. You're a problem, Al Pacino. Uh, I can see it in your crazy eyes. Yeah. You're going to start accosting women in the next 88 minutes. Uh, We need to lock you away. And nobody gets any cookies. No one gets the cookies. Well, I'll take a cookie. Well, they don't eat the cookies in the scene. They looked a little dry. I'll take these cookies. They were oatmeal. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Typical Asian lady. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, I've never even heard of that. They would have brought fortune cookies. Oh. <laughs> oatmeal cookies. Never give somebody oatmeal cookies. No. Are you kidding me? Gross. All right, so. But basically, my problem with... This is where I'm like, wow, the onset of the actual plot of this film is impossible. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. (laughs) Where can we go next? One of his students is dead. Yes. The murdered victim was one of his young ones that he went out partying with the night before. Now, this guy, I don't, maybe there's something about professors that I don't know about. He is surrounded by women. He goes out to the bar and... He's got four dates. The fuck? It's not that uncommon for university professors to drink with their graduate students. So four hot ladies. Now that's that's yeah. suspicious. He's also a little too busy because he's a FBI employee uh-huh. who teaches at University of Washington and also maintains a private practice. Right. Oh, and he's sleeping with four students and the dean 
And some hookers. And probably his secretary, even though she's gay. Right. And he has a better... He has the same vault in his psychiatrist's office that they used to keep the hand of the Terminator in. That is correct. Yeah. It's a very good comparison. What could possibly be in there that would require Duncan Jacks to get it out of? Hoffa's remains? The remaining minutes of the Zapruder film? Uh, what the fuck's in there? It's probably just thousands and thousands of stolen panties. The recipe for cold fusion? Jimmy Hoffa's wiener. Call Keanu Reeves. See if he can get in there. He's actually in there. He, they've got Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves in there. Oh, my yeah. God. That's how important it He's is. He's surviving on the stolen panties. <laughs> Most of them were edible. It smells very bad in there. Very bad. Very bad in there. Mm. So he's like already bonkers. He's got something going on in his brain that has been running around for 50 years, let's say. Something like that. Uh, he's having flashbacks of his sister. Saying, Dad, running, look at my kite. Running and playing. Yeah. And uh, we're later exposed that she also was chopped up. Brutally murdered. Brutally murdered. In his apartment. In his apartment. In his apartment. 50 years ago. Or something. Uh-huh. However old Al Pacino's character is yeah. in this film. Let's call it 25. He's probably supposed to be like 32, but, you know, because that's how films work. Yeah. This very young man. All of this happening on my 37th birthday. <laughs> 30? Yeah, yeah what? No. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> oh, your whole head is... Uh-uh. Look, I know that, like, you probably don't move on from something like that, you know, 50 years later, but uh, you're an FBI criminal expert this is not the first rodeo you've been on where somebody gets killed and yeah. you must do something and so you're driving along and you're gonna tell me that every time this happens you start tripping out on your sister that died 50 years ago you have no business being a criminal expert you've got fucking baggage yeah well there's also the point where the movie just seems like the only event that's ever happened he's only had two events ever happen in his life his sister dying and, and this Asian this, lady. this capture mm-hmm. of Neil McDonald's serial killer character those are the only two things that have ever happened in this entire fucking story world the whole time he's being paid by the uh, federal government yeah good work if you can get it yeah <laughs> the one thing you did though it was a good job but apparently you're the real murderer you're bad <laughs> we're the FBI we do the talking he uh, gets a phone call Bring. Got 88 minutes to live, Buster. What? Who is this? Is this my tax accountant? Do this every time. TikTok, Doc. Yep. Which Neil McDonough did tell him. TikTok. Yeah. And, uh, all right. Well, it must be some prank or something. He goes in to teach a class, and uh, <laughs> his hair is different. Why are there in a lecture hall? There's fucking 10 of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, got, I don't know. It's Washington. The University of Washington has plenty of single classrooms. And they're law students, right? Yes. No. No. The one, Mike, is pre-med and the other ones are undetermined. Why are they taking this class then? Because this, if I'm to guess what this class is, is it some sort of criminal justice? Criminal psychology or criminal something. Criminal psychology like. class is what I would put it. They're talking about serial killers. Yeah. Why serial killers do the things that they do how you convict a serial killer, what it must take to convict a serial killer to prove mental illness in a court of law. Maybe it was just a mental illness class and he like took it one step further. Identifying identifying mental illnesses. And he was like, and serial killers totally fall into this. So we're going to have a whole freaking six months on that. Then we'll talk about something else for two months. Is this art 101? Yeah, it would not. Sit down. It would not be uncommon for a professor to 
completely hijack a course in his own direction. <laughs> that is not a unique situation at all. Well, and why does he keep... I'm going to burn a question here. What do sure. they keep talking about when they say... You would have more students if you quit booting them out of the class. Like, they're making it seem like this is a super elite class, and if you fuck up, he can just throw your ass out. That's how fucking awesome he is. Mm. That's not the way that college works. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. You can't just boot people out of a class. Not, not any experience I've had. Unless they're smoking the J in the, the back. The J. Oh, Jesus. White the lady. J? The marijuana. Oh, I don't know what you jive talkers are on these days, but uh, the J I hear is bad. Jam. Yeah, jam. <laughs> Strawberry jam. Dry it first. Very addictive. Yeah. So he calls his secretary and says, I'm getting a weird phone call. Run it through some sort of trace. And she does. And she's like, this is a burner phone. This is one of those phones you buy prepaid. Drug dealers use them all the time because they're untraceable. Uh, it's registered to this person. What? His sister. Uh, His dead sister. Okay, fine. Either way, it can't be registered to anybody. She says in the same breath that it can't be traced, but it's registered to this person. But wait, those two things can't be possible at the same time. That's the stupidest sentence ever put into a fucking film. Oh, good job. <laughs> yeah. Very good. You, you are... <laughs> registered register i'd like to register my burn phone yes just in case i ever uh need to be in the yellow pages for uh put me under drug dealers <laughs> so let's say you could do this right you could uh-huh. go to walmart mm-hmm. you could buy a, a single use phone mm-hmm. and uh bring it to the counter like hey i would like to register this to you know such and such person and the person behind the counter would say okay and they would register it to like Dick McPansy. Right, right, sure. Like Phil Axel, McCracken. W. Axel Rose uh-huh. actually owns Jack that Mayhoff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, we have bad news, Jack. The f- <laughs> cell phone is registered to Phil McCracken. Or you say, I need to register this to Jill Scottsgard. They go, they just look straight at you, don't move, and say, done. <laughs> it's registered. Okay. You don't register. Done. Yep. We've got more bad news, Jack. There's a second phone. It's been registered to Hans full of oranges. <laughs> all right. So it's all bullshit. He's got no leads. The dean comes in. She's like, I don't mean to alarm anybody, but there's been a bomb threat. Everybody out. <laughs> yeah, she's drunk. She's drunk as hell. Does not uh, care. She's like, threat. fuck, get out. What are you doing here, Dean of the University? What? I kind of She might wa- just be the department head or the department Fine. dean. Fine. So she's going to go to every fucking room and be like, hey, I don't know if you can hear the alarm. I don't want to alarm anybody, but there is a bomb threat. Uh, death is imminent. <laughs> I just want to talk about the casting choice of the dean. Okay. So they cast a hot lady. So- sort of. No. And then They're- realize, well, this doesn't. We need to librarian this lady up. They're telling us she's hot by making her a librarian. Uh, And her librarian is like offensive librarian. Yes. Like this is no, no librarian has ever looked like this person looks right now. Nope. Uh, Outside of penthouse. Yes. Outside of penthouse. Only they only look like this in penthouse. Well, why are glasses so damn low? Because she can't see through them. So she's looking over the top of them. If she had to wear glasses and they were on her nose this low, she would be walking into doors constantly. 
Yes. There's glass doors everywhere. Boof. But boof, boof, yelling at the glass door to stop it. The reason why she's wearing them so low is because they had to walk around three corners and she couldn't see out of them. Uh-huh. So, oh, bad. Bad. Hotty Dean. Hold still. I I need to check your blouse for boobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Got to keep checking. They're in there. I know they're in there someplace. <laughs> Hold still. You can't fool me, Hans. He's got to... <laughs> so gross. <laughs> He's got a message on his uh, projector, 76 minutes to live. Yep. TikTok, TikTok, which is like, again, going back to every time somebody leaves him a message about the timer. Is it the time when they wrote it? That is starting now at or, 76 minutes or that when he finds it? Because if he finds it, they're just really good at guessing. It would, could be like 10 minutes later. Yeah, it wouldn't work. You can't do that. You have to. It's got to be live TikTok. Yep. Stupids. Uh, all right. They should just put the about sign. You know, the wiggly lines. Circa. Circa 76 minutes to live. He's walking around and he keeps seeing this guy dressed in leather. He's like a motorcycle guy. Just want to throw that out there because this guy comes back around. I was thinking he was going to be a guy from the future that was going to come save him. To stop uh, John Connor from being born. That kind of leather guy from the future. Yeah. Okay. It's an odd stretch. But then he wasn't. So uh, I, I was like, oh, well. Hmm. He's Al Pacino, 25-year-old Al Pacino sent into the future to tell him, hey, You've only got 73 minutes to live now. Well, starting from when you told me or now? That, when is this? Oh. Uh, 74 minutes. <laughs> 75. Wait, I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you should hurry. Just whatever. Uh, his car's been vandalized. He finds a tape in the glove box planted there. On the back, I think it says 73 minutes to live. So it says 72 minutes on 70, his bumper. Okay, 72 minutes to live, which implies that four minutes have taken place between the time that either he finds the message on the projector or the bad guy has written the message on the projector. Then the bad guy has gone to through the car garage, yeah. vandalized his car, and wrote the little message, put the tape in the, machi- in the glove box. Four minutes. Yep. Seems cutting it close. Yeah, it does. Especially during a bomb threat. Yeah. Everybody's wandering around. There's foot traffic everywhere. There's going to be people leaving that garage. Traffic everywhere. 72 minutes. Nobody saw this. Vandalizing the car in broad daylight is going to be tough. Going to be real tough. Especially during a bomb threat. And there's security cameras all over that goddamn Completely. Uh, so what do garage. you think was on that videotape? Butts. Pictures of butts. Just a recording of a Jerry Lewis telethon. Mm-hmm. Mm. The '86 NBA Finals never Laker, got watched. Lakers versus Celtics. They never got watched. Somebody told them what happened before. <laughs> God damn it! Just put this in the glove box now, forever. <laughs> if Kareem's not live, then yeah, not worth watching. Uh, he runs into Alicia Witt, who's one of his students. We should mention she was in the classroom as well. Has he already dropped his first phone? Yes. Okay, so he breaks his phone because this is important. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, He has to get her phone, borrow her phone. Yes. Call me. Well, first he accuses her of of being the killer indirectly. So she's like, ah, damn it, Jack. I know you for two years. Okay, give me your phone. Then he takes her phone and she's like, call me on my Blackberry because she has two phones. I don't know. She also works for the escort service. Maybe. Two phones. Maybe that's why she's not so offended when he accosts her later. Her bosoms. Maybe he's uh, 
Maybe he's putting a fiver into her front shirt pocket every time while getting a handful. She every day she would go back to her trailer and just pull out gobs of change. <laughs> it's all just pennies and nickels. Oh, I made a dollar thirty six today. Oh God. <laughs> so many hands for that dollar thirty six. Nipple for a nickel. Oh. <clears throat> Either way, she's made of phones. She's made of phones. Uh, he also tells his secretary, call Alicia's wits phone. Forward all my calls to her phone. Who? who? I'm sorry. Who the fuck are you talking about? What phone? No. I, I don't know her number. I don't she even know should. who this person is. She's been the goddamn teacher's assistant for two years, and she works in the office. But he's telling Amy Brenneman, yeah. his secretary at his private firm. Yeah, but she goes to the private firm. You see her there at some point. What is she doing there? I think she's an intern. I don't think she is. The thing is, is that it seems like she works for him all the time, mm -hmm. and he has no idea who she is. None. That's kind of the way the movie plays out. Because every time he sees her without seeing her for two seconds, he's like, you're the one, you're the killer. And then, no, it's me still again. I work for you. Then they have all these conversations about life that... Would have happened mm -hmm. at any point during the two years that she's worked for him. He sees uh, this uh, guy. <laughs> guy. His name. This is two movies in a row where a character's name is Guy. Yes. Now, this guy is on a bike. It's the leather guy. Guy LaForge. Guy LaForge. And this is also important because you realize at the point where he becomes Guy LaForge and they say it for the third time, that most of the people in this movie only have full names, can only be spoke of in full names, and it's ridiculous. Yes. It's Guy LaForge. The, my ex-boy, my crazy ex-boyfriend that I told you about five, four minutes ago. Guy LaForge. Guy LaForge. Is he really your ex-boyfriend? Yes. His name is Guy LaForge. Guy LaForge. No, he's not. I think he meant something more. All right, we were married at one point. And his name is Guy LaForge. Yep. So is your name Mrs. Guy LaForge? It would be if I was, was still, still married, married to, to Guy him. LaForge. But he, well, I'm not. He's... I am no longer married to Guy LaForge. Therefore, I cannot be Mrs. Guy LaForge. We should stop talking about Guy LaForge. We're on the way to Sarah Pollard's apartment. Yes. Because everyone has a full name except, is it Tim, the guy that's in his class? Ben. Mike. Mike. Mike only Mike gets Mike. Mike on the motorcycle. Everyone gets on a, bike. a full name, <laughs> but Mike. I don't know. What Who wants to be Quincy, I guess. He's questioning this whole thing. What's going down? I don't know. Is anything going down? Probably. Uh, he finds Lily Sobieski in a stairwell. She has been beat up, quote unquote. He's like, oh, I got to go out there and get him. Bad guy. He's out. He's out there. I'll find him. And she says, get him. I bit his hand. Right. So he's going to have bloody hands. So Al Pacino stopping everybody looking for bloody hands. Can't find a bloody hand anywhere. Uh, Takes her upstairs to the campus security. Yes. Which looks like a precinct. The fucking oh. campus security office and the campus security officers. Campus security at the University of Washington rivals the NSA. I am pretty sure that at some point uh, The Rock has played a character from this campus security office. Uh, probably Schwaz played a couple of these guys at some point in his career. Stallone's played like 50 of them because these guys are not campus security. They're the expendables. This is a very serious operation that they've got running. CBS's number one show is based off of these guys. You do CAPSEC. CSI Washington. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it would be a great show, hour long of just guy in a golf cart hassling stoners. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing back there? I'm smoking a dube. Fuck you. 
Moving I on. could I could report this. You could, but you're a dipshit. <laughs> I could I could report this, but I'm not going to this time. I'm just gonna get back in my golf cart. Fuck oh. you. <laughs> you suck. You suck. Consider Bro. that a warning, sir. <laughs> wow, as he's getting a full soda thrown at him. <laughs> Half no a banana. Campus security office in the history of all colleges uh, in America, on the planet Earth, in the galaxy, has ever been this awesome. No, it's usually about 10 people all together, not at once. Who may or may not also be students. Yeah, 10 people all together, not all at once. They have to work in shifts and share two golf carts. And their office is a coat closet. Yes. That is or the reality. a mobile home trailer. A could mobile, be a mobile home trailer. Could be a mobile yep. unit. Yep. And... Uh, uh, their real job is to just call the fucking police. They're not this. No. This is the FBI. They have a conference room and yeah. uh, interrogation rooms. What the fuck? Really? I think they might have guns. They probably have warheads. They might be packing some serious weaponry. They're ready to, just, they're ready to stop, you know, anything at the drop of the hat at the university with drones. Like, the colonel has John Matrix... On speed dial number one, he's got these campus security guys on number two. Yes. In case they need to go in and destroy an entire island of South American uh, guerrilla fighters, call campus security. They can handle it. Oi, oi, oi. He meets Alicia Wade again. She's got a gun in her purse. So now he has to shake her down and question to make sure she's not the, again, having the trust conversation. Yes. It's like the third time they've had the trust conversation. What are you doing with this gun? You must be out to kill me. Uh, Let me fondle you. Yeah. Your 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 breasts never lie. Let me put the seatbelt on you because you can't do it for yourself. <laughs> Weird that the seatbelt isn't on yet. Well, I just got to get things ready. I got to get things ready first. He starts freaking out about this whole thing, chasing down all the leads. He, at one point, has four people on the phone at one time. He is constantly just, whenever he wants to have somebody on the phone, they're just there. This does not know how phones work. Because he never actually calls William Forsyth mm-hmm. in one of them. He just says, what do you think? And all of a sudden you see William Forsyth in a desk with a sandwich. And the same thing with Amy Brenneman. She's just always on the phone with him, I guess. Always. She's just sitting on the other line, hoping this is a four-way conference call that he established two hours ago and everybody's just sitting there. Is he going to say something? They're talking to each other about the football game last night. Oh, he's back. He's back. You know anything? No, I don't know anything, Al. Okay, I'll be back in a couple hours. Alicia Witt almost gets ran over by a fire engine. He dive tackles her, grabs her boobs. Yeah, dive tackles her by her boobs. Mm-hmm. Holds her down by her boobs and helps her up with her boobs. Yep. He's famous. He doesn't need to ask. Camera's on. Camera's on. It's all part of the scene. Get into character, Alicia Witt. Stop slapping my hands off your breasts. There is a point in this film where I completely lose myself inside of it. Oh, really? There is so much banana business going on that I can't even keep up mentally with what takes place because none of it matters. Is it when he gets into his apartment? Sure. Okay. I just I just start going into the film and I'm like, this is gloriously stupid. Everything that is taking place has nothing to do with the plot and I'm loving it. Yeah, I, I think it starts and it's right after the uh, third trust conversation. They go to his apartment and we get not Ethan Hawke. Not Ethan Hawke. <laughs> and not Ethan Hawke gives him a package that doesn't make any sense, doesn't make sense later. They go upstairs. She pulls a computer out of thin air and starts emailing Mike 
about Guy LaForge. And she's also putting out the vibe. Yes. She's taking her clothes off and like doing the butt thing. Like, here, look at my butt. And now goes poop. And then disappears for 10 minutes inside of his apartment. She's pooping. I think she's pooping. She, there's nothing else she's be doing. She are, We saw her send the email. She's closed the computer, set it back wherever she found it. Yeah. And then disappears inside of his apartment into the bathroom. Uh, the TV comes on on its own. Neil McDonough is on TV. He's being interviewed for three hours in a live interview by MSNBC because it's death day. And he's like, it's this Al Pacino guy. Uh, I don't even need to be here right now. This is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it's him. He's the guy, not me, who got caught red fucking handed. Everything he's ever said is a lie. Yep. He's the killer. It uh, was him. It's probably uh, it's Russia's involved somehow, um, I believe. It's all a major conspiracy. Very major conspiracy. Uh, he knows where Hoffa Mostly is. just Al Pacino. He has Keanu Reeves in a, in a secure location. Yep. For hours, he's yeah. been on the television. No. So Al Pacino puts in uh, this tape, I think, into his uh, little recording machine. And it's a recording of his sister leaving an answering machine message to help her. I guess. Now, this took place. I don't know when. 50 fucking years ago. The, the recording doesn't make. They never at any point try to explain why it was recorded. And beyond having a recording of it, completely disacknowledge that there's a recording of it I don't other think, than this scene. I don't think that they had answering machines back then, Sam. It's not an answering machine. It was a, it was a cassette tape. It was a Walkman. I understand that. She is calling and saying, will somebody please pick up? Help me. Help me pick up. I'm going to get hurt. The only way she could have left this message is if she called and left it on an answering machine. Huh, it didn't seem like it was an answering machine message to me, but whatever. That's, Either way. Then what else was it? Who is she calling? Who is she sending this message, this plea to? Sam? I thought it was just that he was rec- the killer was recording what he was doing. He was telling her so that he could hear later. Tell your family, yeah, hey, help exactly. me. Help me, family. Uh, it, it was either way, outside of the recording and him listening to it in this scene and mm-hmm. talking about it only exists, the film disacknowledges this happening, either side of it completely. Completely. He's, uh, all right, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put in, I'm going to call this Neil McDonough guy, and I'm going to tell him on the air that he's an asshole. Yeah, I'm going to put the brass on him. Uh, Amy Brenneman, get me on the line with MSNBC. And then they cut to a shot of William Forsyth, who I'm like, that's not MSNBC. But then I realize <laughs> what they're doing here is going, he's still on the phone right. with him, so you, you know. What? This is now a five-way conference call, with some- now Neil McDonough is in on it. And I think that the dean is actually on the line, too. I think she's just sitting there hoping that her university doesn't get exploded. So Al Pacino gives him his typical Al Pacino. It's not me that sucks. It's you that sucks. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. He does his yelling. You're glue. I'm rubber. Yeah. But he does his Al Pacino yelling sequence right. in this. His, uh, in every movie. Yeah. This is the one. Uh, so we'll skip that. The guy LaForge comes to the door. Hey, open up. I know you're in there, Alicia Witt, and I want to bang. Get away from this creepy old guy. I think that's why he's there. Why else is he there? How does he know that she's there? What the fuck? Doesn't matter. Open the door. Guy LaForge gets shot and he's dead. Well, we never really established if he died, right? Uh, Not really. No, we don't. He got got shot like 
maybe two, three times and then fell down the stairs. And she's like, Guy LaForge has been shot. <laughs> Guy LaForge has been shot. And apparently Guy just follows her around and protects her even though they're not married anymore. And then she said before that he beat her, so I just don't get... Guy LaForge makes no sense. He's a question mark. Yeah. You know what's a question mark as well? There's smoke and alarms going off. Yeah. What? Well, the person who shot Guy LaForge has obviously planted some incendiaries. Yes. That's what the the firemen say at the bottom of this, Uh, in case we're confused. uh, I also like that the firemen who tell us that that's what's happening when... uh, Al Pacino finds an older woman in the stairwell and is bringing her downstairs to get her out of the building. Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll take her from here. And then they don't take her outside. <laughs> she was already outside. No, it was in the lobby. They were still like 30 feet from being outside. And the firemen are like, here, let's keep this lady in here. Let's push her down an elevator shaft. <laughs> uh, yeah, the building's evacuated. Fire trucks come in, come in hot. Uh, he rapes her again. Uh... He then gets a taxi. (laughs) This is fun. And he confesses in the cab to her about his sister and his past and that she was murdered and that the killer gave her 88 minutes to live or something like that. (laughs) No, he took it took the killer 88 minutes to hack up her body. Oh, okay, All right. The how does he know that? Because the killer said that. Yeah. Uh, So he started a clock. I oh, how does the killer know it? Yeah. I. You're hacking up, person. I guess he was on the clock. I started at 1204. He probably has a stopwatch if he's that meticulous. He's like, I got to get a stopwatch out. He's like, ready, go. I think that you're probably, (laughs) like, if you're a serial killer, actually, I would think that you would be very conscious of time in every scenario because you have to get away with things. Everything takes time. 88 minutes seems like a very long time. Yeah. Maybe that's how long it takes for the smell to start leaking out. I don't know. It only took the guy in Fargo about four minutes to throw her in the wood chipper. Correct. Uh, not everybody's got a wood chipper. I mean, this is a big city. Yeah. Somebody's going to ask you, why do you have a wood chipper in your apartment? And you're just going to have to go, uh, it's an antique. Now, here's the thing. I'm using it as a coffee table. My understanding about serial killers. Sure. Uh, they're not really in it for the gore. They're in it for the murder. It does not take 88 minutes for them to get their jollies. For this girl to die that's the only thing that they're in it for really is the torture the uh the taking someone's life watching their life fade away through their eyes and creepy shit like that uh if she's been hacked to bits Uh she did not take 88 minutes to die so then he's just dinking around is all he's doing sure that's not a good serial killer you're gonna get caught he did yes but uh I think it's odd that you get hung up on that part of the scene where I get hung up on the part of the scene. That the cab driver gets out of the ca- back of the cab. Correct. Just so that he's not in the shot during this conversation. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to fuck off for a minute. So I'm not back here going, hey, what's going on, guys, during this <laughs> heartfelt conversation. They take the cab. They drive the cab. The cab is in the car with them, but he's not driving. Al Pacino was driving, driving the, the fucking the cab. cabbie. Yeah. What the fuck? He says he wants to drive. So what? <laughs> no, you're not driving my fucking car. Are you kidding me? Get your own fucking car. Uh, you pay me to drive you. Then you fuck off. Yeah. Anyways, you, uh, here's your stop. It's a dead hooker's apartment. Get out. Pay me the $16 and 24 cents that you owe me. Plus tip, please. And uh, have a nice day. 
They go in upstairs to the hooker's apartment, and now they're both packing fucking heat. And they're like David Caruso going into this apartment. You've got a psychiatrist and a TA, (laughs) and they're ready for action. Fireteam Delta. This would end with one of them or both, most likely both of them getting shot by each other. Yes, absolutely. Like, there would be a cat would rock around a corner, and they would instantly look at each other and pull the trigger and Mm -hmm. die. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the hooker's dead. Strung up. In surprise, the same surprise. Way. Yeah. Yeah. But then his credit card receipt is sitting there. Uh-huh. Forged. Forged. But how did they get his credit card? Do you think it was forged by Guy LaForge? Ooh. No, even though his last name's LaForge. Uh, maybe that's how he's been paying. He's not using cash for the hooker. He swipes her his debit card down her butt crack. <laughs> he didn't know she was a hooker. He checked her credit twice anyway. <laughs> how does he not know she's a hooker? If you have sex with a hooker, you must then pay them. She was which prepaid. Then makes she, somebody paid her to have sex with him. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like when you got a loser friend and you're like, look, just just give him a handy. Here's 50 bucks. $50 for a hand job? Ah. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Actually, yeah, it could cost yeah. that much. I don't have no fucking clue. Uh, the dean calls and wants to meet him. Because uh, she's the killer. Right. But she's also, he's also on the convert. Right when she gets down, like, come to my office. And she's drunk again. (laughs) Come to my office right now. I'm the killer. Look, I am. Just trust me. I just fuck you. I'm the killer. And then he's instantaneously on the phone with Amy Brenneman and William Forsyth again. And Amy Brenneman comes to this dead hooker's apartment. Yeah. What are you doing here? This is not how we're going to keep me from being framed. All of my friends showing up at this dead hooker's apartment. Yeah. This is a bad plan. And she's like, uh, so I didn't tell you, but um, kind of made out with Lily Subieski last night. Let her into the vault. Yeah. Uh, my bad. About six weeks ago. Yeah. Whatever. Whenever. I was drunk. I've been drunk this whole time. Not hey. as drunk as the Dean. Yeah. And I made out with her, too. Hey, me, too. <laughs> she didn't know it, though. I was drunk. Very drunk. He leaves, and Bill Forsyth's like, I'm going to arrest you, Buster. You're the guy. Your spooge was in a lady, that dead lady. Spooge is all over town. Your DNA is everywhere. I got you this time, friend. <laughs> friend, yeah. And he's very confused by it. And Al Pacino's putting out this like cockamamie conspiracy theory that is the truth of the film. And uh, the whole thing is not going well for him. And finally, Forsyth pulls the gun. He's like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot you. He's like, don't point the gun at me. And... Looks into his eyes and he's like, I was just going to sink our watches. And then, oh, so forth, say, like, okay, wait, that's that's really awesome. Dude, I've never like, done that I've before. I've never done that. And I kind of don't care if you really need to do it because I know where you're going to be. It's like what those Delta Force guys do. And we are going to, we're going to fucking do this. We're going to sink our watches. I saw Charlie Sheen do this in a movie one time. It's but that cool. It's, they do it in the Delta Force. Yeah. Uh, Navy SEALs, Charlie Sheen. All of it. I, I always, oh my God. Uh, I don't care if you're the murderer. Let's, let's let's do this. Let's do this now. Yeah, high five. Sinking watches. Big elbows. Bro time. <laughs> big guy, yellow. Big guy, little guy. Both yelling actors. Team watch sink. Go. Oh brother. So he- they don't need their watches to be fucking synced either. They both just need to go to the same place, and they don't do that. They kind of do. It doesn't make any sense. You know who else goes to the same place? The cab driver, because he's still in the fucking car. We Al Pacino gives him a drive. To campus. Yes. <laughs> Here, let me let me let take me, you to campus. Let me cabbie. take you to campus. So now Alicia Witt does the same thing that the dean just did, mm-hmm. because apparently the dean wasn't 
urgent enough, mm-hmm. and she she was too drunk to get the message across. So now Alicia Witt's doing it. It was me. I'm the one armed man. Yeah, come get me. Uh, he has this weird, dumb standoff with Mike in with, his office. Yeah, because what well, now? I'm going to burn a question here. Because uh-huh. it, Jackie said so, and I remember it too that he's a med student. Okay, so does he want to be fucking Quincy? Because he's really trying to solve this crime through the whole thing. I have no fucking idea. Or what was the guy that uh, Dick Van Dyke played, where he was the doctor that always solved crimes when he wasn't supposed to be? Oh God, what was that called? Diagnosis murder. Yeah, diagnosis murder. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what is he? What is it? He's freelancing. Yes. Yeah, this was a very not needed scene. Murder. He wrote for his thesis. He's a not needed character. No, absolutely not. Because all he does actually most of them are. Yeah, no, they don't need any of these people. No, I don't know. He runs across campus and he goes in this building. I guess it's like the dean's building, or I don't know what building it is. And she's up like. Five stories up. Seven. Seven stories up, strung upside down. And he tries to use the elevator, but then uses the stairs, but then tries to use the elevator, but then uses. And all I can figure is that they're just like out. We got to fill now. We got to get to this time because he's got nothing. Yeah. Let's just get a sequence of him going up and downstairs. We've screwed up. We went over before, but I think if anyone's timing it, maybe we're back. We just need to fill here for about three minutes of him running around. So dumb. And he gets up there, and surprise, surprise, the whole time is fucking Lily Sobieski. And she's, she's got Leisha Witt tied up. She's dressed like Guy LaForge, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Uh, and bless her heart. She stinks. Oh, yeah, she's awful. She stinks so bad. They tried to make her sexy town in this scene. Oh, I understand. I, I get I get why she's on screen. I'm not a real big fan of her visually, but uh, I get it. She's blonde. She's got big boobs, whatever. Uh, she stinks at acting, and she has always stunk at acting. Name one time Lily Sobieski did a good job. The Lake House. Nope. My birthday party. See it. Nope. She stinks. Uh, My birthday party. She showed up to your birthday party. Yeah. Don't you remember that? Oh, I don't. Was I drunk? Yeah. Okay. She did uh, some Hamlet and then left. <laughs> Hamlet. <laughs> to be or not to be, because she's always trying to like be very dramatic and passionate. And she overacts every time. And she does here. Like, oh, you thought you could get away with it. Booby, booby, Al Pacino. Suck. Are you in love with him? No. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Like, no. So, but, yeah. Which I guess we could really spend another hour trying to, like, figure out whether her character would actually do any of this. Mm -hmm. Because there would be no reason to. She is claiming that she has framed Al Pacino so that he would either be forced to say that Neil McDonough is awesome or blow his credibility as a criminal expert and thus get Neil McDonough a pardon or a release from being zapped in the chair. Correct? Yes. Okay. But apparently... In his own vault, there was paperwork that said number one of his threats was this person who was on his legal defense team that is in his class. They never put any of that together. No. Let's get back to that. Okay. Bill Forsyth comes in. He shoots Lily. She falls dead to the ground. Uh, Stupid Al Pacino grabs this rope, saves his Dean. Drops. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's a dumb sequence. Uh, Neil McDonough calls and... He's like, eh, got you, Al Pacino. And Al Pacino's like, nope, I got you, you motherfucker. 
Yep. You're going to die. You're going to fry, you piece of human shit. Yep. How's your mom, by the way? <laughs> and then hand grenades the phone. <laughs> he chucks the... Fuck you! <laughs> and it's like a, this slow motion, half speed, like, wow, the world Whoa. is magical again. And he's throwing a phone, which he's is stupid. He's chucking the phone like... Like, like that phone. Like it's going to explode into fireworks. Like yeah. America. <laughs> they had to actually add post-production pieces of the phone coming off, which looked terrible, just because the actual phone hitting the tile was anticlimactic, I guess. Because when you throw a phone, nothing fucking happens. No, they usually don't fall apart like that. You pick it up and go, fuck my screen. Yep. Yeah, you got to, Al, you got to take that one inside downstairs into the restroom and dump it in the urinal and piss on it. Yeah. Then you've told him. Hey, Neil, I'm pissing on this phone. Because no. you put him on speaker and you start peeing <laughs> yeah, on him. Yeah, if you want to really get the message to him, you put the phone in a blender. Ooh. And you break it up a little bit, and then you piss in the blender, and then you have somebody else. You and know, then you drink it. Then courting, you told him. Courting this. No. Oh. You blend it up real nice, and then you dump it on a, a headshot of him. Ooh. <laughs> Take that, mister. <laughs> All right, so let's ask this question. That I won't that we bring up about Elisa Bieski. She was on Neil McDonough's defense team. Apparently, she had a different haircut. She is an attorney. Yes, and now she's in college. She went back to pretend so that she could get back at. Can you go back to college like that? Anytime you want. Yeah, especially dude. if you change your name. But wouldn't they be like, hey? You're you're you've already passed the bar. So let's you're say an attorney. What no, are you taking these classes she for? Changed Wouldn't her... she come up on radar at some point and be like, hey. Yeah, she did in his office, but then they just put it in a drawer. Okay. Uh I never looked in that drawer. The mm-hmm. high threat risk drawer. Look in there now that we're in already in trouble. Yep, she's I, she's in there. I forgot the code. That's what ha- that's what happens in this movie is like, yep, she's there right here this whole time, right in front of us. We should look in this drawer more often. I can never remember how to get into it. This is, why did we make this thing yeah, so complex? The Terminator's hands in one of the drawers, we, I can never remember. But we got to have two keys turned at the same time and <laughs> handprint scanning and retina recognition. <laughs> and even then, if Keanu Reeves doesn't let us in, we're not getting in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. So who do you think he pity fucked at the end? The Dean or Alicia Witt? He is so creepy, he might have had sex with Deadly Sobieski. Yeah, I'm going with that. Uh, uh no. oh you're you're taking her away in a in a ambulance. Can I can I ride in the back of that? Is anybody back there at the same time with me? Yeah. Mike, you're coming with me. You're trying to be Quincy. <laughs> we can make this work. You hold the camera. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> why he likes it better when they fall hard like that tenderizer yep here let me see if i can give you cpr i'll just keep pushing on your breasts breasts. (laughs) so why does william forsyth just shoot her he should say freeze fbi he just plugs her to death off of a building yeah she's a crazy bitch he doesn't know that. All he knows is he's got a synced watch. He's just showed up. So he's just all dialed up from the synced watch. He's all, shit, yeah, that bitch has got a rope. Bam, bam. The alarm goes off. flashes the watch like, yeah, we're still watch bros. I just shot that person. It's a really long shot for a nine millimeter through glass as well. Two buildings. Yeah, I don't think he could even make this shot. No. Yeah. I want to ask a follow-up question from our Prelude episode. Okay. Jackie? 
Mm-hmm. Is Al Pacino handsome? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big, fat, hairy no. Negatory. He looked so awful for this movie. I just. That's how he looks in every film, Jackie. <laughs> no, he looked good in that devil movie. He does look okay in that. In the devil's advocate? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you put them next to each other, uh, in the first scene where he's with Agent Goober and he's just standing there next to the door and Bill Forsyth is pretty well put together for him, a strange looking man in his own right. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Agent Goober and then in the middle of him you have an orange pineapple wearing a suit. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Going What's going on? Here? And it, he's also got uh, the evil goatee from the alternate Star Trek universe. Yeah. And just beyond that looks like he's hungover and doesn't want to be there. Very tired. Somebody blow dried round brushed his hair to death. Or, they, they put curlers in that shit. Or just rubbed a balloon on it. Either way. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I just couldn't be the, uh, if you're the cinematographer, you look at the director when he's standing there and his hair's six inches tall and stringy and he's orange faced and you go, you don't want to take another 10 minutes with hair and makeup (laughs) director. Are you sure? We got to shoot this in 88 minutes. That's the name (laughs) of the, no, you don't have to shoot it in 88 minutes. Yes, we do. Otherwise it doesn't count. I'm looking at what's happening in front of this camera through the viewfinder and I don't like it. Who's the worst actor in this movie? Mm, That's a good question. I'm going to go with Mike. Really? Okay. Ben McKenzie. Yeah. Because he just he just wanted to be cool. And you could tell that he wanted a bigger role in the movie than he had. And so he was really trying hard at his lines to be like, okay, see, look, I'm good at this. We should uh, put me in another scene. Mm. And then they did. And they were like, well, we do need to fill some time so you can come back to his office and pretend like you're Quincy. I would think, obviously, Al Pacino's in the mix. Oh, uh, yes. I would think Lee, Lee, Lee Sobieski's in the mix. In the mix. Uh, the Dean is, is in, in the, the mix. The Dean's in the mix. I would even put Bill Forsyth in the mix. Bill Forsyth is in the mix. All those guys are in the mix for me, but there is a harbin like there is a dark horse that just shows up and steals bad acting for many for like a five film radius around this one. And it's the not Ethan Hawke guy that plays oh, the doorman. Yes, not Ethan <laughs> Hawke. Oh, yeah. Ethan Hawke. Almost Ethan Hawke. Terrible. Is awful. <laughs> I will double stamp that. <laughs> he was atrocious. Yep, I'll change my mind. Uh, not Ethan Hawke guy. <laughs> he was just like, what? Get somebody else. <laughs> really <laughs> seriously bring somebody else in here right now. It's like the fucking janitor that was on set and they were like, dude, we need somebody you. Maybe we'll, we'll put him in and maybe people think it's Ethan Hawke and like we'll get some of the Ethan Hawke fans to come in and watch this movie and i swear that at least one time on a wider take he just sort of steps into the shot to get more screen time (laughs) (laughs) he's burgling burgling screen time uh i know this is always a hard question to answer because you got to dig into the vault with oh many movies we've seen but is al pacino the most molesty in any film that we've reviewed i've never seen somebody go back for a third wave in one shot we're talking about james we're comparing him to james james hong So James Hong is really handsy in the vineyard, but in some of the sequences, he's written sex into the scene, so they at least saw it coming. He's the director. Uh, It was a sex scene. Uh So these are not sex scenes. He's just... Getting some handfuls. Getting hand... I've never seen anything like it Trying to get away with it. I have never seen it at this level in any film. Very molesty. All right. Now the big one. Is this the best 
of the three, Dreamcatcher, Wicker Man, and 88 Minutes of confusing, I mean, stupid movies. Uh, now, define best. I don't know. Most, most enjoyable. Whatever you want to take best from. I think it's the worst because it's not confusing enough. Mm-hmm. The actual thing that you're trying to figure out isn't very hard to figure out. When you do, it doesn't matter because it's dumb. And uh, the peripheral characters, though nonsensical, aren't zany. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jackie, who thoughts? As far as the entertainment value of those three, I like Wicker Man the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'd put this one second. Really? Over yeah, Dreamcatcher? Over Dreamcatcher, okay. huh? I would put this last. I put this last. I think it's uh, a fine time. I oh, think yeah. it's uh, very fun. Very fun and very riffable. It is not. I, I don't. I can't even put it in the same conversation as those other two. No. Uh, this is a shitty, very little story packaged with a bunch of bullshit around it, whereas the other two have these very complex stories that make zero sense. Zero but sense. everything that happens revolves around that, those plots. This hole the, in the middle of it. Right, right. It's just black holes of like, well, I think this is what we're trying to do. I don't know. This one is just filler. It's yeah. so much fucking filler. So I think uh, people get suckered into this, and they need to probably go watch the other two first. But... Final recommendations for me. I still give this a do. Al Pacino stinks. It makes me just want to go back and watch Al Pacino movies and laugh at him. Uh, Lily's terrible. The plot's terrible. All the stupid what things are are just a lot of fun. And again, highly riffable. Yes. I was entertained, so I'm going to give it a do. I think it's a do. I loved it. I, I had so much fun making fun of this movie. His hair is so bad it's the worst it's a film travesty it is so bad i couldn't i've for three hours after the movie was over i was laughing to myself at how he could fucking walk out looking like that yes maybe it's the cocaine i don't know Mm, he seemed too tired to be on oh yeah Mm. it's like they didn't give him a mirror or something and he just trusted him i don't know i don't know uh sam it's your pick next i don't remember what i picked oh my god no i picked something Mm mm-hmm well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, see you guys. I on. think it's a it's a risque one. I Ooh. think that I've chosen a film that is. Uh, uh, I'm taking a chance this week. We haven't had a booby movie in a long time, so I don't think it's a booby movie. Not risque, like risky as in it might just not be a good movie. Okay, all right. We'll see what it is. Uh, come back to us on Friday. Enjoy your week, and in the meantime, get to the chop. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper.